Unhappily, law is by no means confined to its proper purposes. Nor is it merely in some indifferent and debatable ways that it has left its proper sphere. It has done more than this. It has acted in direct opposition to its proper end. It has destroyed its own object. It has been employed in annihilating that justice which it ought to have established, in effacing rights which was its true mission to respect. It has placed the collective force in the service of those who wish to traffic, without risk and without scruple, in the persons, the liberty, and the property of others. It has converted plunder into a right that it may protect it, and lawful defense into a crime that it may punish it. How has this perversion of law been accomplished, and what has resulted from it? The law has been perverted through the influence of two very different causes, avarice and false philanthropy. Let us speak of the former. Self-preservation and development is the common aspiration of all men, in such a way that if everyone enjoyed the free exercise of his faculties and the free disposition of their fruits, social progress would be incessant, uninterrupted, inevitable. But there is also another disposition which is common to them. This is to live and to develop, when they can, at the expense of one another. This is no rash imputation emanating from a gloomy, uncharitable spirit. History bears witness to the truth of it, by the incessant wars, the migrations of races, religious oppressions, the universality of slavery, the frauds in trade, and the monopolies with which its annals abound. This fatal disposition has its origin in the very constitution of man, in that primitive and universal and invincible sentiment which urges it towards its well-being and makes it seek to escape pain. Man can only derive life and enjoyment from labor that is, from a perpetual application of his faculties. This is the origin of property. But yet he may live and enjoy by seizing and appropriating the productions of the faculties of his fellow men. This is the origin of plunder. Now labor being in itself a pain, and man being naturally inclined to avoid pain, it follows and history proves that wherever plunder is less burdensome than labor, it prevails, and neither religion nor morality can, in this case, prevent it from prevailing. When does plunder cease, then? When it becomes less burdensome and more dangerous than labor. It is very evident that the proper aim of law is to oppose the power of collective force to this fatal tendency that all its measures should be in favor of property and against plunder. But the law is made generally by one man or by one class of men, and as law cannot exist without the sanction and the support of a preponderating force, it must finally place this force in the hands of those who legislate. This inevitable phenomenon, combined with the fatal tendency which we have said exists in the heart of man, 
explains the almost universal perversion of law. It is easy to conceive that instead of being a check upon injustice, it becomes its most invincible instrument. It is easy to conceive that according to the power of the legislator, it destroys for its own profit, and in different degrees, amongst the rest of the community, personal independence by slavery, liberty by oppression, and property by plunder. It is in the nature of men to rise against the injustice of which they are the victims. When therefore plunder is organized by law, for the profit of those who perpetrate it, all the plundered classes tend, either by peaceful or revolutionary means, to enter in some way into the manufacturing of laws.